Hey everybody, it is so good to be uh, to be back. We had a great vacation and I just wanted to start by um, just expressing my deep, deep gratitude for our entire community for encouraging us to, to get some time away and also for um, people like Paul Yavino and Joe Logano and Steve Kwasnick who did some work on the building while we were away and uh, people like uh, John and Carrie and David who did a great job bringing us the word of God while we were away and Rachel and Ben and Leanne for keeping everything else rolling while we were away. It's so it was just it made um, taking some time off much much easier, knowing that um, there were such awesome people stepping up and and doing things to to keep the vision and the mission of Crossroads moving moving forward. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Second, as you can tell, I am not in our building, um, and that is because of this. Um, out of a, a, an abundance of caution, um, we thought it best that I record this message and give it to the team to include in the service because I was exposed to someone who may have been exposed to someone who may have the virus, if that makes sense. The person who may have the virus was tested today. We don't have the results. Um, I was not directly exposed to that person. Um, I was exposed to an intermediary. So out of out of caution, um, I'm staying put. Um, we're going to go get uh, rapid tested first thing in the morning. The person who um, was not feeling well, they got tested today and we'll have their um, their antibody test back uh, in, in three to five days. So hopefully um, prayers would be great that everything comes back negative and we just keep just keep rolling right along. So with all that stuff out of the way, um, I kind of left this space and the message schedule open. And one of the things that God has been working on, I mean, while we we're on vacation is, is prayer. And um, that's where we're going to go with the message today. We asked you guys in the, in the pre-service chat, what, uh, what memory triggers you have things like smell or, or songs or certain sights or feels. Even uh, if you are relatively around my age, when you hear the song, I love rock and roll by Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, you are immediately transported back to the early 80s and acid washed jeans and feathered hair. And you know who you are. I'm not going to call you out by name. Um, so it's those, it's those kind of the things that transport us back. Another one, really kind of significant one for me, is the smell of meatballs frying. And that's because when we would go to my grandmother's house, the door that we would enter to her house, the exhaust fan from her stove was vented right next to that door. And so we would pull up and even before, like as we're stepping out of the car, you'd get hit with that smell. And when I smell that smell now, the flood of, of memories comes back. It's yes, it's of course, it's those meatballs. But then it's we walk through the front door and my great grandfather is there. And the, what we were supposed to do is we walk up to him and he says, what's my name? And we would our the proper response is George Volantis, the Greek. And then if we gave him the right response, he would he would give us a dollar. And then. Uh, we were we were raised Catholic, so uh, my family took great uh, great interest in how we were progressing in the in the specific prayers that we were supposed to memorize. So it would be like, Tommy, Jenny, tell us, uh, do do the Hail Mary for us. And my mom would be like, Oh no, no, no now they're they're working on the Our Father now. Um, and so we would we would have to recite the the Our Father, and what is sometimes referred to as the Lord prayer, Lord's Prayer comes from. A passage in the book of Matthew, also captured in the book of Luke, where Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray. So 
Um, this piece of scripture that we're going to talk about today has very great memories for me, uh, food and family, uh, family that encouraged me to, to pray, but um, just, just lots of good stuff. So, uh, and hopefully at the end of, uh, of the, the sermon here, uh, Ben is going to play a lyrical version, a song version of the Our Father that can serve as a memory trigger for you as you proceed through the coming days and weeks. So I'm going to read some, some scripture for you. This is um, from the book of Matthew, starting in verse 5. Here we go. And this is Jesus talking. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive the, our Excuse me, that's the part I memorized. Let me read it to you. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. And then we're going to jump ahead to um, to chapter 7. And we'll read just a couple verses that, again, these are Jesus' words thinking about prayer. Chapter 7, starting in verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will make him a snake? Will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So, um, again, that is Matthew 6, starting in verse 5, going through 15, and then jumping ahead, Matthew 7, verses 7 through 11. And I'm just going to point out a couple quick things before we dive into the actual text. In the, in the verses that sandwich the actual, um, the actual prayer, Jesus teaches us a lot, a lot, a lot about how we're supposed to approach prayer, but also about himself and the things of his kingdom. The prayer, but this prayer in particular, is the gospel in a nutshell. And when I say the gospel, I mean the good news of Jesus, the the um, information that there is a God in heaven who created everything, who is holy and um, and just and in control of everything, and He created it all, and He created us to be in relationship with Him. We are separated from Him by this thing called sin, and because He loves us so much, He took it upon himself to bridge that gap, to restore that relationship so we could be in relationship with him again. This prayer recognizes who God is, it recognizes who we are and our need, and it points out the response to it, the gospel in a nutshell. As we pray this prayer, we can be reminded many times throughout the day, daily, of, of the gospel and of all of the good news of Jesus Christ that exists for us. 
And then we think about the verses before and after uh, a couple of things that uh, should, should come to mind, right? The first one is this, how we approach God, the verse um, in verses, in chapter six, verses five through eight, I think it is, we're encouraged to approach God in prayer with a sense of humility. And the scripture he points out, we think about um, the idea of the religious elite. There's no such thing as a religious elite. The professional Christians' prayers are no more effective than than anybody else's prayers because of, of who they are. Um, it is the condition of our heart, not the position that we hold, that brings our prayers before before God. And um, prayer is this beautiful, beautiful gift that Jesus has given to us. So we come to God with a humble heart. It um, We learn in these verses that we don't need to say just the right words at just the right time. Um, that's not prayer. That's actually a magic act. You say abracadabra and the rabbit disappears. We come to God. We talk to him just like we talk to anybody else with a sense of humility and recognition of who of who he is that being the big difference the verses that come after the prayer talk to us about a sense of persistence um ask and and knock and um it's just the the verbs used there are active ongoing actions right we're supposed to be persistent and the reason Jesus encourages us to be persistent is this, is because prayer, first and foremost, is about spending time with God. Not about giving him our requests, not about putting a laundry list in front of him, but it's about being with God. Sometimes it's referred to as communion with God. That's the, the first and, and biggest thing about what prayer is. Secondly, prayer changes us. It conforms our heart, our mind, our will, our desires to that of God's. What breaks God's heart would break our heart. As we spend more time in prayer, what brings God joy would bring us joy. The more time we spend in prayer, the more and more our thought processes and emotions and feelings resemble that of of God's. That's why Jesus encourages the persistence so that we might continue to grow in our character and in Christ's likeness. And maybe most importantly, um, at the very end, the very last set of verses that I read, I think it's chapter 7, verses 10 and 11, maybe. We are reminded that of who we are approaching in prayer. When we pray the words of the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father, we are approaching our perfect Heavenly Father, who cannot do anything except that which is in our best interest. So we pray with a sense of humility. We pray with a sense of persistence. We, we pray knowing that we are praying to our perfect Heavenly Father. All right, so that's the kind of the before and after. Now we get into the actual text of the prayer. And I want to point out to you six aspects of, of, um, of our Father that we learn from, from this prayer. And they all revolve around Him. They start with Him. The we're with him in the middle, with him at the end, and that's how it should be. He is the focus of our prayer. And the first is this, the Father's kingdom. When we say, uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Right? I'm sorry, the first one is Father's character. Um, we are, the, the prayer tells us who God is. 
He is the perfect, holy creator God who resides in heaven, who is in control over everything. We recognize that. It's a statement of worship. It's a statement of praise. It's a statement, again, of recognizing who God is. Father's character. Second thing, the Father's kingdom. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, a couple points here. This is like twofold. So when Jesus walked this earth, uh, scholars use the term that he inaugurated the kingdom of God. He started, he brought about the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God is already here, but it has not been completed. Jesus started it, and when he returns, he'll finish it. So we pray for that day. We pray for Jesus to return and to restore all things and to make all things new. In the meantime, we pray that through the Holy Spirit, that God would empower us to do our parts as he's uniquely gifted each one of us to make heaven a place here on earth, to bring bits of heaven through our actions, through our words, through the way we treat each other, that God's kingdom would come and that it would be experienced here on earth. The Father's character, the Father's kingdom, um, the Father's provision. Give us this day our daily bread. It recognizes the fact that we are needy, needy individuals. Just ask my wife. She will tell you I am a needy, needy person. Um, in, in every way, shape, and form, physically, emotionally, relationally, spiritually, we are in need of the God who loves us. And by saying, give us this day our daily bread, we're asking God to give us what we need. We're not asking for an abundance. We're not asking for extra. We're not praying about a, a nice, comfortable retirement. We're asking that God would give us what we need to make it through this day, recognizing that he has only our best interest in mind. He can't do anything except that which is in our best interest. It would violate his character. The Father's forgiveness. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We come to God and we confess him as Lord. That puts us in relationship with him. And then as we go throughout, we're continuing in this process of being transformed into his likeness that over time that hopefully we would become more and more like him. Um, but I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. We're going to screw up. And as we screw up, we recognize it and we say, Jesus, forgive us. Forgive us our debts. And at the same time, we have to recognize that other people aren't perfect either. And we need to forgive them when they come up short of what God expects of them, of what of we um, expect of them. Father's character, Father's kingdom, Father's provision, Father's forgiveness, the Father's guidance. Lead us not into temptation. God, through his Holy Spirit, absolutely will lead us if we would be willing to follow him. That takes, um, nobody really likes this word, that takes submission. We have to put our will aside and say, God, I want your will to be done. I want to follow you. Um, it takes courage because sometimes doing that is countercultural. It's not what everybody else is doing. It's something that we're called to do. And God will, in his leading, will keep us free from, from temptation. He will keep us out of those situations that would, would harm us or lead us into places where we, where we shouldn't be or wouldn't be um, the best case for us. And then we finish up with this, the Father's protection. Deliver us from the evil one. When we align ourselves with God through Jesus Christ, we are aligning ourselves against the powers of evil. And um, there are... Uh, there are spiritual realms that we cannot see that exist. That's where um, God's enemy resides. And when we align ourselves with God, we align ourselves against his enemy, um, who we call Satan. 
and God is absolutely able to protect us from him. Um, the scripture tells us that demons hear his name and they tremble. Jesus has already won the war. It's our job to fight the battle. And we're praying this prayer that as we fight that battle, that God would protect us. We're fighting six aspects that as we look at this prayer, you guys, this prayer, many of us, many of us were raised in traditions where this prayer was said, um, just would be repeated. And it, sometimes it became like a rote repetition. And there's this phrase, familiarity breeds contempt. We get familiar with something, we get comfortable with it, and it kind of loses its power and its beauty. But man, this prayer is such a gift from Jesus. When we don't know what to pray, over the last several months, I don't know about you guys, but there have been many occasions where I just haven't known what to pray. I mean, a pandemic, like the reason why I'm sitting in my office talking to you instead of being in a building with the rest of the team. Um, racial, just racism and racial racial injustice and, and violence, um, economic un, uncertainty, loneliness and, and isolation, personal struggles and family problems and murder, murder hornets. And you just look like, God, I don't know. I don't know what to pray. Right. Scripture tells us two things that the spirit will intercede for us and pray on our behalf. But Jesus also gave us words to pray. We don't even necessarily have to have our own words. We can pray these words knowing that we're in alignment with God's will, knowing that he will um, hear these prayers and answer them. I want to give you a couple of quick ways. So you can you can take these words and you can actually use these words just as they are. Read them right out of Matthew chapter 6 or Luke chapter 11. You can read them just as they are. Or you can use them as a framework to, um, to pour out anything that you might be experiencing. Celebration, struggle, success, joy, um, whatever, whatever it might be. You can, you can use this as a framework. I'm going to give you a couple quick examples. You can start out your day and you can pray your day through these verses. Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. And you're thinking about your day, you're praying these verses. And you know you're going to have an opportunity to be outside and you thank God for his creation. Or you know you're going into a difficult meeting with some maybe difficult people. So you ask God to, to lead you not into temptation. That you wouldn't stoop to somebody else's level. That you wouldn't um, be drawn into a, into a dark place. Maybe you're looking forward to a meal that you're going to get to have with friends and family. And you thank God for his provision for the food and the family. You can pray your day through this framework. The second thing I would suggest to you is that you could pray a specific issue through this framework. Um, several years ago, we had very good friends who were pregnant and um, well along into the pregnancy and it became clear um, the, the mom-to-be was in the hospital and things didn't look good. The baby was in trouble. And I, 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 didn't, know, I didn't know what to pray. And as I was leaving the hospital after visiting, them, um, I just, I started praying these words. I started praying the Lord's prayer. And the, the phrase that occurred to me was, um, uh, that kingdom come that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, what, why, why is that sticking out in God's kingdom? People aren't alone. People are, are there in this perfect heavenly community. So whatever is going to happen, if the baby is healthy, if the baby makes it, Whatever happens, we're not going to let this family go through it alone. I'm not going to let this family go through it alone. 
and I had a great sense of relief knowing that that was what God called me to, that he gave me some guidance on, on what to pray. And, um, thankfully, uh, the baby is now, I don't even know, eight, nine years old and healthy and beautiful. And just, um, God took care of that situation. Just one example of how you can pray a specific issue through those verses. You can pray one verse per day. So you start out on Monday and just maybe several times a day throughout the day, you pray, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And that, that's your prayer for the day. And you just focus on it. You focus on who God is, that God is holy and he's different and he's set apart. And he's, he's our heavenly father who looks after us and his, his loving kindness for us knows no bounds. And then on Tuesday, you go with the next verse and Wednesday, the next verse. And finally, we're actually going to practice this part right here, is that you would pray the whole thing through just a number of times and that you would um, listen for where the Holy Spirit stops you. And you just hang on those words. Maybe he stops you at, lead us not into temptation. Maybe there's something you're struggling with and it's like the Holy Spirit kind of gently nudging, hey man, we're going to deal with that today. We're going we're gonna to beat that temptation today. Whatever it might be. So um, in a second, we're going to do that. But I just, my encouragement, you guys, I, I, the big idea for today is this, is this that we would pray more. Right? That we would pray more confidently. We would pray more expectantly. We would pray um, with more persistence. We would pray more faithfully. That we would pray more this, with this awesome gift that Jesus gave us in the Lord's Prayer. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to put um, some words up. I'm going to put the words from Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13, up on the screen. And I'm going to read it through, I don't know, uh, a couple of times. And then after that, the band is going to play a song version of the Lord's Prayer. And hopefully, again, that will serve as a memory trigger for you. And it will also just lead us into a, a continued time of worship. So here we go. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil.